All right, yo, what's up? It's your boy D Starks. Starks Artist. You are now tuned in to the Dutch Different Podcast where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. But before we get into today's episode, I am extremely excited to announce Just Different's very first sponsor. And so today's podcast is brought to you by ELIC. As you know, our mission here at Just Different is bridging faith and culture. And this is an amazing organization has a similar goal. They spread hope and create life change, the most challenging parts of the world, such as Asia, the Middle East, and North Africa. ELIC sends people to teach in these unreached areas, providing training, support, and a team of passionate people who are ready to make a difference. They see English education as an opportunity for people to come together, share life, and come away with broadened horizons. Whether you're a college student, recent graduate, or beyond, ELIC has a program for you. For example, they have two or six week options in the summer that are perfect for college students and even recent graduates, as well as their nine month global ambassador program is a great option for recent college graduates. And so we are extremely excited to be partnering with ELIC and we highly recommend those looking to their programs, especially if you're a college student and you're wanting to be a light and affect change across the globe and be able to fit this into your busy schedules as they have multiple programs that can suit you and your needs. And so if God has called you to create global impact, bridging faith and culture, please visit ELIC.org slash just different. That's ELIC.org just different. All this will be linked in the description below. Much love. Now let's get into the rest of the show. We are back once again, another week coming at y'all for another Wednesday episode. And once again, we're both recording from two different locations. I'm actually here reporting live to y'all from Brooklyn, New York. You feel me? You heard? NYC stand up. Jordan's back in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. (laughs) Couldn't be me. Bro, hating on the city is crazy, bro. Nah, bro's back back home in the city. But no, I'm I bro, bro, bro was just trying to flex that he was in New York. No, nah, I'm not gonna lie. I really did. I love being in NYC. And I feel like we have a pretty nice base of people who listen to us that uh are from around here, at least like the surrounding area, like Manhattan or like one of the boroughs. But it's it's different, bro. I remember when we we mentioned it when we went and did our episode with Karen back in December. And we're talking yeah. about like our experience being here for the first time. And I think we gave it like really stunning reviews, like all five stars. Not the people oh, from New sure. York were like NYC was on his best behavior when y'all were there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fire. It was smooth though. It was smooth. Nah, yeah, it was, yeah, it, it, it was smooth, but yeah. So Jordan Jordan's back home right now, and I actually I haven't I haven't seen you again. It's been a it's been a little been while. A week, How was your weekend? Couple weeks. What's it's new? been a couple of weeks. Yeah, bro, nothing at all, bro. <laughs> bro, locked up in the crib. <laughs> nothing at all, bro. I see you got a new cut, bro. Let them know. Also, if y'all don't know, or this is a new development, Jordan's now become a barber. <laughs> Bro, self-made. Yo, so hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. So I was watching this vlog of this guy. He actually lived in New York, but his his videos are fire. But that's besides the point. I saw in his routine how he cuts his own hair, and he he just bald faded the whole thing. And the reason why it worked is because he had long hair, so you can't even see the sides. So I was like, you know what, bro? He might be on to something because you know my hair is long enough to wear. If I did mess up trying to cut my hair, it's gonna be cool because I can just I can cover it up. Down. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, I have I had a lot of free time today. So I was like, you know what? You know, my dad, my dad got some clip. My dad got some clippers I could use. I was like, you know what? Let me just go ahead and do it. I was in there for about two hours. I ain't gonna lie, bro. I was doing reconstructive surgery on this on this table. No, that's why. Um, no, I I might have to invest and do it myself because obviously you can see I'm in need of some help desperately, bro. <laughs> desperately. So, it's it's a it's about time for me, but I ain't gonna lie. Like, it don't look it don't look too bad. Like you did your what, thing a little bit. That's what I appreciate it, bro. And, and the other thing is, it just saves you money. That's just one less thing you gotta worry about. I don't gotta worry about spending twenty five on a cut every what two weeks, once a month. I don't gotta. So worry you did about that? It, you did that today? Yeah. Yeah, bro. You bored? <laughs> you bored? 
You ain't got nothing to do. Hey, people just start cutting their hair for no reason, but you know they ain't, they ain't got no, nothing I'm, I'm, going no, on. for real. I'm gonna add it to my routine, bro. My uh, my weekly. My yeah, weekly. I ain't gonna lie. I have been looking into it a lot more, so it might be that time for me too. And yeah. you can only get better, but like this ain't the best. You can only get better. Yeah, we know. Though. Yeah, it, yeah, it ain't. It's all right. That's my first time cutting anyone any type of hair, at, like you know what I'm saying. Nah, the hardest but yeah. part was when bro, 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 the hardest part is when you gotta like put up a mirror and like do oh, the do the back, bro. Oh, the back of the head, yeah. That's the hardest part. That'd but. be nuts. But no, with all that being said, let's go ahead and tap in and get into the episode. Starting off with our first segment, what's the word? Coming at y'all with a discussion, commentary, and thoughts on whatever we've been studying and getting into yeah. the Bible for this week. So, Jordan, go ahead. You know, talk to me. Start us off. What's the word? The people, you think the people getting tired of hearing from me first? Nah, bro. Do your thing. Or you I don't that. Now I'm just trying to make sure. I'm trying to be considerate of the viewers. Maybe they want to switch nah, it up. that's out. love. But go ahead. Talk okay, to me. I'm trying to look out to the, for the supporters, bro. But okay, okay, okay. So, what I got this week in the Word. So, essentially... I was listening to a podcast and it, and they were talking about the Matthew six chapter that I brought up in the last episode. And it just gave me a different perspective, even, even deeper perspective on the chapter. Cause I was telling you guys about like how I read it every day um, and what it means to me, what I get from it. But I listened to this podcast and I forget this girl's last name or this woman's last name, Stephanie, like Gret Gretzner or something like that. She's a worship, worship leader. Uh, I know that's not how you pronounce her last name, but I was listening to a podcast of her. And um, yeah, so she was talking about, it was is Matthew 6. So I'm, okay, okay, Matthew 6, 3, right? So it says, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that you give, give in secret. Then your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you, right? And she was putting a lot of emphasis on the will reward you part. And it also mentions it again in Matthew 6, verse 6, a few verses later. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to the father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Right. So the question with that is like, OK, what is the reward? Like, what what is it talking about? Like when you're doing these things in secret, what is the reward? And she was talking about how we need to start changing our perspective and realizing that like his his attention is the reward, like his gaze, his presence is the reward. Like the more that you diligently seek out that secret place he will he will show you more of his presence right he will he will he will manifest his presence like in in deeper ways to you right and she was also talking about that i thought was really good is is how we've just gotten our focus on the wrong things right the reward has always been jesus and that has to always first be our perspective right so even when Jesus was calling people, like when he was calling to his disciples off the boat, it was always follow me. And then it followed with, I will make you right. And I think a lot of us change our perspective and we focus so much on the making, but it's like, no, the first call is like, follow. He was always the prize. He was, he was always the thing that we were supposed to be focused on. And it's like, when, when he starts making us, some of us, you know, get too focused on that instead of just at, at being at his feet. And there's just another, um, another verse that I highlighted earlier. Let me, let me find it. Let me find it. Right. So this, this supports the idea that I'm talking about, and this is in Luke 10, 39, right? So I'm just going to read it out. It explains it pretty clearly. It says, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. So this was Mary and Martha, right? So Mary was at the feet of Jesus. And then Martha says in verse 40, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had been made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me out. Like, what you, what you doing? And then Jesus says, Martha, Martha. I like that when, I said, when, he, when he said it twice. He said, ah, Martha, Martha. He said, <laughs> he, said, he said, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. So he was telling Martha, you're worried about so many things. In fact, only one thing is needed, and Mary's doing it. What was Mary doing? She was at his feet. She was at his feet. Like that's that, a that's, word, bro. Bro, that's all that matters, bro. And it's like you can't get so focused on the making and the purpose. And 
obviously, you know, use your gifts to glorify him, but don't get too focused on that that you forget. Uh, I'm just at his feet, right? He's the prize. He's always the prize. He's always a reward. And I think even when you have that perspective, you just have a different type of peace with life. Like anything can be going on. It's like, oh, I still have my reward though. Like the reward was never the pulpit. The reward was never the mic. The reward was never this podcast. Like the the reward, it was always him. So I could I could lose this tomorrow and be cool. If if my perspective remains rooted in the fact that Jesus is the reward. And I think this this is a sentiment that really some people lose, but you always have when you're born again and you have that just first real encounter with Jesus and you and you give your life to him. That's what we all understand because it's like you have hold on, what did I what did I say that I wrote down? So when you start your walk with God, it's like all you had was that peace in Jesus. Like essentially that that's kind of all you had, that that feeling of peace in his presence in him. Right. So it was clear that that it was him that was creating the peace. But I think once once God starts placing things in your hand, he starts giving you directions. You might start to get confused thinking that the source is the gift. Right. When when, when there's other things going on. Right. Because at first it's like, oh, it's just Jesus and the peace. So common sense is like, oh, the peace is coming from like, it's him. He's the reward. Like, that's why I have this peace. He starts opening doors. He starts using you. And then sometimes you think that these things are the source because you get confused. But it's like, no, like he was, was has always been the source. Right. It started that way. It's going to finish that way. It's always going to be that way. So, yeah, I, I just loved how she was talking about that in Matthew six, because I'm and I also thought it was perfect because I mentioned it in the last episode. But the reward is him. Like when you read that, understand that that his presence, that's the reward, not you know, open doors and all of that, that that's the overflow. That's what she was saying. I thought that was fire. She was like, she's like, all that's the overflow. Like when you, when you're getting used with your gifts and, you know, and even an example of that is like this podcast, this is the overflow. Like this isn't necessarily the reward. The reward is him. And as I go to my reward, the overflow from that is this, right? It's other things that he's opening up for me. So yeah, you just got, you just got to remember that. Like he, he is the reward. The reward is Jesus. Like, come on, no, man. I um I know exactly who you're speaking to in terms of Stephanie. I don't know how to pronounce right. her last name either. Yeah, I don't know. She's absolutely amazing. I think that she has like it is so evident that she's has one of just like the purest hearts when it comes to the way that she pursues and seeks God. And it's that type of devotion that makes you want to go deeper. Every time I hear her speak or do anything, it, it it's yeah. amazing. But it's funny that you say that because I actually have um, a tattoo on my arm uh, mm. right here. And it was inspired by a post that I saw um, she created. Mm. And the caption of it, all it said was, Jesus be everything. Mm. And I got it just like as that reminder to what we're speaking about, yeah. that it is him and him alone, which is the reward of my life and all that I need um, and should desire um, and the ultimate prize of all of my efforts and my pursuits and what I'm putting my hand to. And I actually was on Instagram. Honestly, I think this was today and I had saw someone post a reel and they were speaking to the fact that as like a generation or rather culture, we have gotten so consumed with purpose rather than intimacy. And it's just been so romanticized to the point that we've been just so wrapped up to, you know, to your point of like the open doors, the platform, yeah. what the gift may be, what comes from that. Um, and we've lost this sense of intimacy with God. Yeah. And understanding that that's the priority one. Um, and again, the purpose is all the overflow that God or rather Jesus himself only had one command. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was to like follow him and yeah. everything else that came from that. that we see in the disciples lives in terms of the ministry that they did and what happened and took place is an overflow from just having Jesus and the, and him being like close. Yeah. So. No, I think that reminded me of, of those two things specifically. It's just like really getting to a point and just reminding yourself of that concept being, you know, Jesus be everything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and never allowing purpose to disrupt or rather like get ahead of like intimacy. Yeah. I think even the the mindset that that can develop from focusing on, you know, the gift or the fruit is kind of counterintuitive because it's like you you become focused on the fruit and you fall in love with the fruit, but it's like the only way that you can get the fruit is by Jesus. So it's like it's it's even like a weird mindset. I reminded of this uh, verse in John fifteen five. It says, "I'm the vine; you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing." Right. So along the lines of what you just said, it's like the call or the command is to remain, right? And that's something my girls told me like a few months ago, and it it, it recentered me. Like, well, all I have to do is remain. That's it. Remain in, remain in me and I in you and you will bear fruit. That's that's the process. That's how it works. I think even um, Elijah Lamb posted this TikTok video. I, I just like the way that he explains stuff. Like, I, I rock. Yeah, up. Elijah's fire. Yeah, I just like the way he explains stuff. Um, but he was talking about how, bro, when you look through the Bible, all throughout the Bible, the common theme is just the fact that God wants to be close with us. Right. And honestly, I suggest if you listen to this, go to Elijah Lamb's TikTok. Um, and go watch that video. It's pinned. It's one of the top three pinned ones. You'll see it. Uh, he's like barefoot in the grass or something like that. But, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. And I think once you realize that, you understand like, yo, it's just about knowing him. Like, like everything else is kind of just like for the birds, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Enough. But no, yeah, that that's the one. Jesus is the reward. Yeah. Jesus be everything. That might be the title. That goes crazy. I love that. But okay, getting into like my what's the word for this week. Um, this also was very much inspired by something that I heard this past Sunday. I was listening to a message from Liberty Church NYC from a woman named Don. And it was absolutely amazing. And I've really been digging into like first Samuel. Um, and more specifically, like Saul's rise to being like the king of Israel and like everything surrounding that and kind of like how he handled his obedience to God yeah. and looking at how he walked that out and how we can see similarities like in our own life. And honestly, like just mine more specifically, but really, I think the biggest thing that was said that stuck out to me is what you really have to ask yourself in terms of when you're doing things like for God and walking out like your purpose, your relationship with him, or just like going throughout your life is, is it ego or obedience? And have we done for God what God has not asked of us? Because we believe like we know better and our ego has gotten in the way. And, you know, sometimes we can believe that just because it's a good thing that it's a God thing. Right. And we can think, you know, in our own minds and what's rational to us, like, all right, this is what I should pursue. Or like, yo, this is the sacrifice that can be made unto him. But again, the question that you have to ask yourself is, is that what God told you to put your hand to or what you believe to be the best idea? Mm -hmm. Um, And the baseline is understanding, realizing and answering what is the most obedient thing that you can do right now? Um, because sometimes, again, like we just kind of like go out like in our own way and God's calling us to one thing, but we'll sacrifice another thinking that suffices. But it's like, yeah. yo, is that what I actually told you to do? And so basically that really ties into Saul and his ri- his rise to the king of Israel and how he ultimately carried out the commands that God told him to. And so for those who don't know the story, this is like uh, in first Samuel and kind of really begins. I want to say like maybe chapter nine through 15, but basically during this time, um, Israel was, or rather the Israelites, they were designing like a king. They wanted a king like the other nations, essentially. And up until this point, they were all they were just ruled by God. Their devotion was to him, and that was the one who delivered them from their enemies, who provided for them and protected them. 
but they then saw the other nations and how they had like a human king that ruled them and fought and went to battle for them. And they became envious and they desired that for themselves. And so they then, you know, pled to God like, hey, like we want a king. Please give us a king. And, you know, he was grieved by this and he was like, yo, have I not protected you? Have I not delivered you and provided for you? And he was warning them of what's going to happen when they get a king. Like, yo, if you want a king, like he's going to take some of your cattle. He's going to send your sons off to war, et cetera, et cetera. But they were still like, no, like we want a king. And eventually it says that God heard their cry and provided them a king. And this king ultimately um, became Saul, Saul, right? And, you know, he is a king and he's of course fighting on the behalf of people leading them. And during like this time, he makes some good decisions. And at times like there's some that like aren't national, aren't necessarily like as rational and whatnot, but really the story begins um, in chapter 15 of verse Samuel. And ultimately what happens is God gives Saul specific instructions as he's about to go to war. And he tells him, I need you to gather the armies. I need you to go out to fight and destroy everything. And that's very important to know. He told him to destroy everything, to leave nothing behind at all. And so in 1 Samuel 15, 9, it says, But Saul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and the cattle, the fat calves and lambs, everything that was good. These they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. So essentially, you see here Saul disobeying the order and command of God. And rather than destroying everything, he then takes the best cattle from this land and this army and also decides to spare um, one of one of their leaders. And ultimately, you see here that Saul believes that like he knows better than God. Um, And after this, um, he's confronted by a prophet named Samuel in terms of his disobedience. And then he gives his explanation. And it's in verse 20. He says, but I did obey the Lord. Saul said, I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites. I don't know what that says. And brought back Agag, their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God in order to sacrifice them to the Lord. And so we see that he believes that he knows better than God Mm -hmm. whenever he's confronted with his disobedience. And two, also, he believes rather that he was doing this for God, right? So he's like, no, like I spared the best cattle and I brought back their king in order to offer this as a sacrifice unto the Lord. Then I began to think, like, isn't it funny that we try and give God things that he never asked for? Mm. And that sometimes is like the scapegoat for, like, our disobedience. And it's like, oh, well, you know, right now in this season, I know that I'm having this push or conviction to maybe delete my social media. But you know what? Like, maybe I'll just take away these apps I know that are a problem for me thinking that that is enough, right? And it's like, oh, I think or I believe and know that I need to remove this individual from my life. But you know what? Let me just cut off communication with them or not hang out with them in these particular settings. Yeah, And we offer up these counterfeit sacrifices unto God, but we have to ask ourselves, yo, is that what he asked you to do? Oh, you know what I mean? And so sometimes they'll just be counterfeit and at times there'll be something completely different. Like, okay, well, I know I need to like work on my diet, but maybe I'll just give this thing up instead and this may be enough. And so, yeah, I've just been digging into that um, a lot more. And then this is like also the same passage where the infamous verse comes up that speaks to the fact that um, obedience is better than sacrifice. And that's something that I've also been chewing with and meditating on this week. And it's become just like a lot more clear to me what that means and why it's so important. Um, Because sometimes we can offer sacrifices that are so far from our obedience and then also don't really come at a cost to us. Mm. And so anything that God commands us to, 
It's going to be something that's going to call us to humility um, and ultimately be something that is going to like challenge us. And so mm-hmm. that's why obedience is better than sacrifice um, in every capacity and every way that you look at it. And so I thought just looking at Saul and going through that story on how he walked out, I guess his obedience as king, seeing how that kind of like just relates to so many other things. It really is like opening my eyes and just understanding like what is the most obedient thing I can do, not Mm -hmm. what the best thing I can do or the thing that can just, I can get by with um, to kind of escape God's like wrath or conviction. But what is it that he's really calling me to and not giving him things he never asked for? Dang. I like that. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And now that I'm really thinking about it, and I think after hearing you go through that point and then ending there, I've never looked at the verse in this way, but realistically, the greatest sacrifice one could make is to be obedient, like is to give your obedience. And this was something I I brought this up a minute ago on the podcast, like people who've been tuned in are going to know, remember when I brought this up, because I was working at Old Navy at the time, I think. Um, so I was talking, it was around Christmas time, and I was thinking about or this lady was talking about how she doesn't know what to get her husband, da, 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 da. And I was just thinking, I was sitting when I was like, I'm like, what's a good gift to get God? Like, what, what's a good gift to get someone who has literally everything, like created mm-hmm. everything? And, um, well, I mean, the obvious answer to that is, okay, get them something that they don't have. So I'm thinking, okay, like, what does, I mean, God has everything, right? I was like, no, like, the only thing that God doesn't have is your yes. That's something you have to surrender to him, right? Is because he gave us free will right the only thing he doesn't have is your yes so the greatest gift and really the only gift that you can give him is your yes so in light of that verse and in this conversation obedience is better than sacrifice that's also why because it's like obedience is the the only or your yes obedience is you giving your yes your yes is the only thing he doesn't have so it's like obedience really is better than sacrifice bro so you gotta really look at that too i never i never looked at the verse like that but yeah no that's fire what gift can you give god your yes he already has everything else that's tough everything bro that's very everything very tough so yes obedience is better than sacrifice um in every way so yeah i've definitely been um just challenged with that. And it also just makes you always just ask yourself those questions and be more intentional with, all right, like, what am I giving to God? And like, like, why am I giving this to him? Right. You know, like, is this just um, a mask or a cover for what I know I really should be doing, what he's commanding me to? Um, mm-hmm. Or is this a pure sacrifice unto him to get closer? So, yeah, that's 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 definitely the one though. I think I do remember when you mentioned that. That was hard. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, glad that, I'm glad that came to remembrance. But yeah, that was a minute ago. The old Navy days. You were strapped in. Old Navy. All right. So now getting into the second segment of the JDP. Say it again. And this is where we come and we recap, rehash, and just talk to something that we've heard we've listened to or that we've seen we felt was noteworthy the run back on the podcast and so all right it's you you got we the still we, we still don't got no tags <laughs> i know, we I know. On Actually, it, this is what we're going to do because i was talking to <laughs> a few people yeah um we're just gonna i think we may get some like intro and outro music Mm-hmm. And then just use that as a transition between segments so it's just smoother. That's probably what we'll that do. It'll just be for easier. Yeah, yeah, it'll work for now. That'll work. It, it'll get it done. Yeah. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Okay, smooth. So I've been reading this book, Growing in the Prophetic. I believe my say it again from the previous Wednesday episode was from this book as well. Um, and so let's just start here. I'm going to start with the point, right? So he was talking about how God doesn't need you to add anything to his word to make it like, you know, be better received or palatable or essentially this idea that we're talking about people in ministry, you know, pastors and even prophetic people feel like they have to add like oomph to like, you know, a word that God may give them or 
you know, a certain type of preaching style to make it like a little more exciting or whatever the case may be. And he was just talking about like, you don't need to do that. Like God's word is every, like it's going to do what it needs to do, right? Like you don't necessarily need to add any, anything from yourself. You, all you need to do, well, we'll get there later. So you don't need to add anything from yourself. And for me, this was really a, he used it as a point of like, um, uh, calling out that, calling out that, you know, that's people who do that. But I took it more as a point of encouragement. Like when I'm going before people, I'm ministering, I'm evangelizing and I'm speaking God's word. That's all I need. Like, I, I don't need to be the best, you know, be, be the most articulate person. I don't need to have, know all the big words. I don't need to know. All I need is his word, right? I don't need to add anything extra. And the point that he brought up was, was Elijah, right? I mean, like, this is so fire. So I love this point. So this was in, so this was in first Kings. This is in first Kings. Um, oh man, I closed it out. So this was in first Kings chapter 18, right? And this is a situation where it's like the prophets of Baal and it's Elijah. They're going up on this hill and they're proven. Elijah's proven to them once and for all that God is the only true living God, right? Because they're worshiping the different God. So they go up on this hill and they're supposed to be, you know, calling down fire, right? So in chapter 26, the prophets of Baal go first and, um, it says, so they took the bull given to them and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. They said, Baal, answer us. They shouted, but there was no response. No one answered and they danced around the altar they had made. Right. So they go, thumbs down. They sold the bag, you know, Bell, you know what I'm saying? They broke me up. No, but uh, so essentially, so, so down back, it's Elijah's turn. And this, yo, this, this is one of my favorites. So it's Elijah's turn in verse 33, right? So it says, he arranged the wood cut the bull into pieces and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Okay, so he poured water. He was calling down fire, right, to burn the burnt offering. And he poured water on the wood, which would make it harder, right? You can't burn wet wood. So that was how much confidence he had, right? But the point that um, Mike, which is the, the author, is his first name of the book, he said he poured water on the sacrifices instead of lighter fluid, right? He had so much confidence that God was going to come through and that God didn't necessarily need his help. He was like, you know what? I'm going to pour water on this. I don't, I don't, but he, he was talking about symbolically what we do is we're pouring lighter fluid on the sacrifice in the sense that we're trying to add something to it to make make it easier for God or add something to it so so that it could uh um you know we can get the desired effect or whatever the case may be um and he was talking about how like Elijah he wasn't trying to help God because he understood God didn't need his help like God was going to do what he was going to do um and he knew that God was going to move and i think for the most part when we're talking about speaking and evangelizing, which I brought up earlier, how you present it, like to a certain extent, like you can't just be a heretic out here just saying anything, right? So with that being said, God is going to do his job. All you need to do is know his word, right? So when, when we're talking about evangelizing, talking to people, something like this, all you need to do is know his word. That's your role. Your role isn't to add anything extra to it. You don't got to, all you got to do is know it and, and speak it and God is going to move, right? And and the rest of the story, I forgot to mention, right? Obviously, he called down God, you know, burned the, burnt it up. Um, but, yeah, no, I thought that was a fight. Like, stop pouring lighter fluid on the word, right? Stop pouring lighter fluid on the person you're trying to talk to. Like, God doesn't need, you know, your help in a sense. Like, he is partnering with us. But your job is only to speak the word. You don't need to do all this extra, you know, flam flamboyant things. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to, you know, be the most fit for the job. Um, yeah, so I, I thought that was fire, bro. Like, bro, pour water on it. <laughs> no, that's that's bro, crazy. Pour water on the sacrifice. Right? Like, that's crazy. That no, that is actually insane. Um, a detail I definitely think is very important to note, and obviously stands out now more than anything, especially with, of course, it being symbolic to all right, how we just approach, you know, how we 
think we're assisting God or, you know, when we're doing work for him, when we talk about evangelizing. And I actually remember listening to Jackie Hill Perry speak to this. And she was basically saying, like, as communicators and more so like speakers or preachers of the word, we have to be very cognizant of not putting too much theatrics behind our diction or even how we're conveying different thoughts or biblical truths to try and add something to it and make it, you know, a spectacle to put more eyes on us instead of leaving it on him to do what he can only do. And so that's what I'm reminded of when you talk about adding like lighter fluid and whatever that may be for whatever that looks like for you or across different industry sectors, categories, that is definitely a challenge, you know, like, you know, if you're a worship leader, like adding like riffs and runs, like thinking that that's going to be the thing to bring down the glory or break open the presence in the room. That's not it. Right. It is the devotion that you have, the obedience you're walking in, in the job or realm of management that you're handling well. And so, you know, I definitely believe that's a lesson that I'm currently learning now. And it's really the idea that less is more, especially when it comes to how we're conveying the gospel or even like yeah. studying it itself. It it you don't need to add something to try and help God in his message or in his efforts to save somebody else. Um and even how we approach like or how we're going about the podcast now. It's definitely that in that same vein, you know, I yeah. think previously, even let's just say in terms of how we market and post content, it was just like, yo, like I need to make sure I get this amount of clips out and increase my volume in this and how much we're posting, thinking that that's going to be this thing that like gets this podcast to the masses or the audience yeah. is supposed to reach. And like, no, you know, like God's going to like elevate it as he sees fit in the time that he wants. Um, And I don't need to feel like I need to add some special flair or effect or some salt bay. You feel what I'm saying? So make it happen. So I definitely, uh, that, that, that's, I feel like I'm, I'm learning the same now. Um, He's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to always do, bro. And it, it, why wouldn't you want it to be that way? Like you know what I mean? Like that that takes the pre- the, the pressure is not on you. Of like we take the pressure. Like God give me the pressure. I want it. Like bro, what? <laughs> that's real. That's his. That's it. He'll carry it. He wants to. Right. So I'm trying to like take it away from him. One hundred percent. Yeah. That that's the one. And now from my state again, I just mentioned Jackie Hill. And I was actually listening to With the Perrys. I can't remember what particular episode or discussion that they were having, but something that they said that I had to run back is the fact that sometimes you have to put on clothing that's not in your closet. And this comes from the verse in Colossians 3, or rather chapter 3, verses 12 through 13, it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If you have any grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. But of course, I think the highlight of this, um, how that ties into the first point is Understanding the fact that you have to clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, Mm -hmm. humility, gentleness, and patience. And when they said that and just were breaking it down, it definitely just like opened my eyes to this concept of, you know, clothing yourself and what that looked like. And it really ties into a lot of what you've been mentioning when it comes to putting on the armor of God and how you're Mm -hmm. equipping yourself with that in terms of speaking to verses like every morning that, you know, speak like, you know what I mean? Equate to like the breastplate of like righteousness sort of truth and things of that nature. Um, And this is really in that same, same vein of realizing our like clothes or something that you have to put on like every single morning. 
you know, like you wake, you wake up and it is an intentional decision you have to make on what you are going to wear that day yeah. and how that's going to affect, you know what I mean? Like everything else you step into and realizing that without clothes, the only thing that you exposed, you exposed or exposed to is your flesh. And so like, if you're not clothing yourself with this compassion, kindness, gentleness and patience, right. Then all that leaves is your flesh and which is like, going to now take the lead in the driver's seat of like your activity. Mm -hmm. And so, no, I think that that's just been something I've been a lot more intentional about. I'm definitely, you mentioned this and I'm taking you up on your challenge to now do that after listening to this, of just like yeah. those verses um, that allow you to clothe yourself in these particular things. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Because it's something that you have to do. Like I mentioned not too long ago, like, Setting your mind is the action that comes from you, not God. And yeah. so does clothing yourself in these things and putting on armor. Um, and whenever I was going through like Colossians 3, which I suggest you all do if you need something to read or go through this week because it's so fire. Um, something that it also mentions in this chapter is the fact that you have to put to death what belongs to your earthly members. Um and then ultimately, as the chapter goes on, speaks to, of course, like putting on um, these things when it comes to humility, gentleness, respect, mm -hmm. et cetera. And I feel as if sometimes we can miss the fact that sometimes like we'll put to death, but we won't put on in the sense of like, we'll like let go of like different habits and mm -hmm. behaviors and things that we know are not of God and shouldn't be, be in our life. But we forget then to replace those things with what we should be actually clothing ourselves with. Um, and so it's like a change in behavior without any actual true change of heart. Mm -hmm. um, I like that. Yeah. So the question really comes to like, what are you clothed in today? And mm -hmm. What does that look like? Um, and that and that changes everything, you know. So hearing that just reminded me a lot of what you were or have been saying. And I was like, yo, that's mm -hmm. so fire. You know, like what are what are you clothed in today? And what are you and what are you deciding to put on every morning when you wake up and every time you start your day? Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought this up because I was I was actually sitting on the porch, I think it was probably like two days ago, and the thought, um, I was just thinking about the symbolism of how the word refers to or how the word is referred to as food and even clothes as well, right? So when you look at um, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So the word is being symbolized as food, right? And that's not the only time, like even in the Old Testament, um, like the manna, like it, it's, it's the word and the food. It's the symbolism there. And then you also see it talking about stuff like what you just mentioned and the armor of God, um, all the things that go into that, the breastplate of righteousness, the um, the the readiness that comes from the, the gospel of peace, right? All of these things, right? So it's referred to as something that you can digest, but also something that you can put on, right? So I was thinking about like, okay, um, with that, you have to be doing both essentially, right? And how a lot of us forget about the putting on part, which which I'm which you said in your second part, which I thought was so good. It's like okay, you're you're fed, but what are you wearing? Like what do you, what do you have on? Like when you're leaving your house, like you read your word, but what about when you're out? You know, out there when you, when you're on your job, when you're at school, when you're getting groceries, like what do you have on? Because um, think about it, even uh, in natural terms, in physical in the physical, like I can eat breakfast, right? that food is going to be digested and gone within like 30 minutes. But if I put on a shirt, that's going to be with me my whole day. That's going to, that's going to be on the whole day. And wherever I go, that food is going to be gone. When I walk out, they ain't going to see them eggs that I ate for breakfast, but they're going to see the shirt that I got on. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, you're fed, but what are you wearing? What do you have on? Right. So I love that you brought up that point. Like, and sometimes you have to wear things you don't have in your closet. It's just a fire point. Um, but yeah, no, that's I think all that's you a good don't point, have bro. in your closet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So what are you putting on today? 
that becomes a question. And also, what's in your closet? But that's a whole nother discussion. Mm. But, all right. Listen, now, time. as always, a must, a necessity, getting into the putting you one segment of the podcast, coming back with some heaters we've been listening to, we've had on repeat that we have to share with y'all. Um, and so I believe last Wednesday we tapped in with Keon Boone, mm-hmm. the Christ Stepping album that I was oh. raving and going crazy about. My boys in the chat said I was glazing, but I had to give respect where it was due. Um, this week, I honestly wasn't too prepared for the putting you in. <laughs> no, 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 no. Actually, y'all, 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 y'all. Oh, y'all. Yes, um, this yes, past um. weekend, Saturday, yo, this R&B playlist I'm putting together, crazy. I ain't gonna lie. I, I'll, I'll do a versus with anybody else's uh, playlist. Because the bangers that I've been finding have been nuts. Bro, got a cheat code. Bro, found a playlist. No, I really I really did. I'm not going to lie. Um, Man, which one do I want to throw on? I totally forgot. I didn't found so many gems, dog. Um, Let's go with this week. Sweet Melodies. By Jeremiah Playton, Faith Lo-Fi. Okay. Talk to me. I'm not completely sure what this is going to be, but I know I screenshotted it, so I had to go crazy. Thank you for the days. Thank you for the ups and the downs. Thank you for the ways. Keep your loving around Cause I can't stop thinking about The sweet, sweet melodies that you sing I'm on your mind And you're on mine 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 Love the way you care for me I know you will never leave Fear leaves with every word you speak With you by my side, how could I do? Cause I can't stop thinking about The sweet, sweet melodies that you sing When you beside me, you ain't all familiar with troubles I face. You ain't all familiar with running this race in due season. I see you in glory, Jesus. You the sweet melody, the song that I sing. You're my joy, clarity, the peace that you bring. God, like every cadence is for you, I can never ignore it. The flow given to point you back to the source. Love that you gave is enough. Forever I'll stay in this love You always welcome inside of my heart You see parts of me that no one else has seen You accept me for who I am How can I forget all that you've done? Jesus, Jesus
So yeah, that was Sweet Melodies, Jeremiah Playton, Faith Lo-Fi. I hope I'm saying that correctly, but y'all know we got y'all. We tapped in. Yo, okay, okay, okay. So this next one we got for y'all. My girl actually sent this to me, so I can't even take credit for finding this. I'm going to be honest, but this is a gym, the hidden gym. All right, this is this is Staying Faithful by Ty Lin. I think that's how you pronounce it. Staying Faithful by Ty Lin. Say less. Let's go tap in. Let's go tap in. With the one who made me, I'm designer. Ain't no way that you gon' shake me. I made my mind up. If you lead, know I'm right behind ya. No, you never hide it. I know where to find you. I'm staying patient, staying faithful. Just know I'm willing and I'm able. They don't like it when you flip the tables. They switch your size, I stay in your favor. I can't even lie to you, it's a lot I'm trying to do Closer that we get, the more you show, nothing's impossible People doubt, yeah, I hear a lot of those When you with the biggest step, or tell me what's the obstacle I get right over, let the past go Yeah, I found that closure, off my shoulders I'm, I'm feeling free as a bird Wake up in the morning, know I gotta read your word Like Psalm 23, I'm resting in pastures When you know the shepherd, you cool with being in the herd So I'm not really worried by nobody You had me all my life, I know you got me I'm chilling with the one who made me I'm designer, ain't no way that you gon' shake me I made my mind up If you leave, know I'm right behind ya Know you never hide it, I know where to find ya Staying patient, staying faithful just know I'm willing and I'm able They don't like it when you flip the tables They switch your sides, I stay in your favor I'm having fun like a patient, I'll admit it You tell me stop and I won't go without permission Don't like the feelings I be having when you're missing Cause everything is better with you in it And I mean everything, my head is way more clear My hands on 10 and 2 so they can't tell me how to stare I'm only hearing you and you said that we out of here You said that we out of here, eventually we out of here Yeah, I mean I get ahead of myself I just get so excited when I think about the promises that I read from you I'm chilling with the one who made me, I'm designer Ain't no way that you gon' shake me, I made my mind up If you lead, know I'm right behind ya Know you never hide it, I know where to find ya Stay patient, staying faithful Just know I'm willing and I'm able They don't like it when you flip the tables They switch your sides, I stay in your favor Hey, that went crazy. That was hard. That was hard. Chilling with the one who made me. I'm designer. Come on. No, like, that's, that's actually fire, yo, That was crazy. Hey, go ahead. So I'm like, so I'm like, so I'm like. Yeah. All right, but look, man, y'all know what it is. We back again this Friday. I can't wait until next month. We actually got some interviews to record next week. So y'all stay tuned for that. But nonetheless, stay you. Stay real. And stay humble. We'll catch y'all Friday. Much love. Much love.